radio station. Wake up with 95X. Do you know what today is? Friday. It is National Donut Day. It is National Donut Day. Again, yes, there are two. Donuts. I got donuts. I love donuts. Mmm, donuts. Donuts. Go nuts. Donuts! Whoa, excellent! Happy National Donut Day. I offer these delicious donuts. Happy National Donut Day. Showtime! You're listening to the 95X Morning Show. Oh man, I have to be honest with you. Happy National Donut Day. It does sound really, really tempting today. So if I were to have a donut today, which one would I have? You know, I like uh, like just the, the um, standard ring donuts. Whether it's the poofy kind of donuts, like the glazy kind of ones, or if it's good old-fashioned Wisconsin cake donut, chocolate cake donut. Filled donuts I'm okay with. Long Johns I'm okay with. I love crawlers. Grew up with those. Basically, I think I love every donut. And every one of them sounds good today. Happy National Donut Day, folks. Chuck Gaming, Wisconsin Dells Studio. This is 95X. Congratulations. The Beaverdam baseball team has won the regional championship and will head to Oshkosh on Tuesday for the WIAA Division I sectionals. Yeah. The Golden Beavers will face West Bend West 1 o'clock in the sectional semifinal. You can watch the game on Daily Dodge TV. The John Deere pregame show was set for 1245. If Beaverdam wins, they will play in the sectional final with a trip to State on the Line that same day at 4 o'clock. Beaverdam Baseball, presented by Columbus Family Dental, Hometown Glass and Improvement, and the Beaverdam Unified School District. We have a bunch of events that are going on right now, all with one goal. Helping out this year's Good Karma Brands, John Moser Children's Radiothon. I want to remind everybody, if you are headed out to Five Below, that's Five Below Beaver Dam, anytime June 4th through June 10th, you can actually print off or use your phone to help out the Radiothon. It's simple. 10% of the purchases made by members of the group will be donated back to the organization. So there's a coupon that you can find on DailyDodge.com. Or you can just bring it up on your phone and present it while you're there. Also, reminder that Culver's Share Night is coming up on Monday, June 6th from 5 until 8 p.m. at the Wapan Culver's, 900 Kelly Avenue in Wapan. Enjoy your Culver's favorite and learn more about nature education at Marsh Haven Nature Center and help out the Good Karma Brands John Moser Children's Radiothon. Oh, you got another one? Yes, coming up uh, next. No, on Monday, June 13th at Pizza Ranch in Waupon. It is going to be the Pizza Ranch Community Impact Night, 4.30 until 8.30. Come and get your dinner with a portion of the proceeds to benefit the Radiothon. Participants from Life Academy in the Ark of Dodge County will be greeting people and clearing tables. And then on the 18th, it's going to be a carnival fundraiser put on by our friends at PAVE. That'll be at 111 East Burnett Street from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. So many events leading up to this year's Good Karma Brands, John Moser's Children's Radiothon. From the Ho-Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin, Dell Studio. This is today's best music. 95X. 
Hey, hey, it's Stacy with Slumberland, Beaver Dam and Watertown. We have so many amazing deals going on right now for our Memorial Day event. We've got patio sets on sale that you can take advantage of these super low prices. For as little as $10.98, you get the Cherry Point four-piece sectional set. It's super versatile, and it's a really great color. Now, it's the resin material that holds up super awesome outside with the weather. So stop in, shop local, and save big during our Memorial Day savings event. Stacy with Slumberland, Beaver Dam and Watertown. Our good friends over at Great Harvest Bakery Cafe in Beaver Dam at 128 Front Street. 14 minutes after 6 o'clock, we right now are going to head out to a uh, ghost event. And I, I, I actually, I, I'm not going to blow anything because I don't want to, you know, pull the whole... Al Capone's closet deal. But uh, Craig Warmbold, the News Ninja, Justin Wilski, and our very own Thomas are all at the Historical Society where they stayed overnight. And Sherry actually was with them till wee hours of the morning. At least that's what she's telling people. She's got to make up something when she's not spending the night in her own house. Yeah. yeah, so she did a pretty good job. I think she probably would have stayed longer, but she was falling asleep. Yeah, she was. What time did she leave around? One thirty, two o'clock. Uh, yeah, what was it about one one thirty? Yeah, it was before the witching hour, which I think is her plan. Yeah, right she's like when three a.m. comes around. Let, I'm going to book it. It turns out, yeah, this place might not be haunted. Yeah, at okay. least it wasn't haunted between 10 p.m. last night and 6 a.m. this morning. But that doesn't mean that we didn't have some really weird, crazy things happen. Right. That might have been caused by our own doing. Right. Or, well, we've we ruled some things out. Yeah, we did debug some things. Uh, so the most the most interesting thing that happened was that in the first hour, like all these things happened. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. First, there was something that was happening with your daughter. Yeah, and Sherry. And Sherry. They were in the Swan Room and heard what Sherry described as a uh, escape ladder, like a fire escape ladder, falling down or, or being pulled down. Yeah. And now, now that one, we still don't know anything. We're going to go back and review the tape and try right. to analyze, you know, what's how the sewer system or the plumbing right. uh, may have been the cause of right. Or it could have just been Rick outside the window. Dog in the right. studio. <laughs> but then not tw- about 24 minutes after that. All right, so, Rick, you're going to appreciate this. So, like, about 20... It was at uh, 10.54 p.m. Mm-hmm. last night. Uh, we were all sitting around talking around our microphone array. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I was sitting next to Sherry. And, you know, we're jibber-jabbering, jibber-jabbering, jibber-jabbering. And then... We're we're kind we kind of there's a quick lull in the conversation of, of right. about one second, and in that one second, we hear very clearly, very distinctly, "I bury Paul." <laughs> <laughs> no, we I don't recall that at all. It, it wasn't that we didn't bury it. We, right. Paul is is still alive. If you think that Paul faked his death, then right. I and was I'm replaced sorry, and was replaced. Right. That just didn't happen. But we heard very clearly. Somebody say, shh. Right. And it sounded annoyed. It did sound annoyed. Like, yeah. come on. Like, shh. And it just so happened to be while I was talking, what Sherry made a, a point about. Right. Well, now the ghost is telling Craig to shut up. Everybody, obviously, even living or dead, thinks he rambles on too much. <laughs> so I appreciated Sherry doing that. Yeah, of course. Uh, so we heard, shh. And Sherry thought it was her name. Right. Uh, which was, which was, and we all heard it at the same time. We yeah. all sat around, we mm-hmm. looked at each other, and we're just like, oh my gosh, 
this is the weirdest thing. Did you hear? It? Yeah, I heard it. Every and we were and we were just right. And and we weren't even here for an hour. And we're like, oh my god, this place is going to be popping tonight. We're going to there's exactly. gonna be ghosts popping out of the walls. If we're if they're already being telling us to shush, right? It, it stuff is just going to go crazy. I was ready for the walls to start bleeding. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. The elevator would open. Two twins would walk out. Exactly. There's there's not even an elevator. Is it on no. tape? Yes, it is because we were able to debunk it. Yeah. What do you mean you were able to yeah, debunk it? How'd you debunk it? So, yeah, well, with good old-fashioned science. Yeah, we uh, went back and listened to it, and uh, we discovered a little bit later that we could hear the headphones I have sitting on the counter <laughs> in another room that is monitoring our own audio. <laughs> on like a one-second delay. Yeah, it's on like a one-second delay. And Warmbold had just said, do you have any stories Sherry, and really extended that shh at the beginning. Sherry. And it's immediately after that that you see everybody kind of perk up like, did you hear that? (laughs) So it was just us hearing Warmbold come back on the monitoring headphones, which we did turn down after that just to make sure we wouldn't have that issue again. But it was so distinct, and we were like, no, it was was inside. It was inside. We Mm -hmm. we kept saying for like an hour, oh, that was internal. That was internal. It happened here. We all heard it. Until we debunked it. Right. Yeah. But that's the goal. I mean, you don't want to just walk in and think everything is ghosts, everything is paranormal. You want to try and figure out what could be causing it. You know, we had several uh, EMF detector readings that we went, oh, well, this is obviously where they ground the entire electrical system for the building. This pipe, this cast iron pipe is giving off a, a signal. Okay, so you guys so just spent... That makes you, sense. You guys just spent the last eight <laughs> minutes... Talking about all kinds of stuff, and you never ever even set up like where you are while you're there. Oh, while I you're you introduced there, us. yeah, you mentioned everything. I, you didn't introduce us properly. No, <laughs> I basically. Thomas, would you like you. to give the details? Yeah, so we are at the uh, Dodge County Historical Society. They actually have a great ghost story festival going on tonight. It's totally free. It's in the back of the uh, Historical Society. Wait, they do? Yeah, it's free admission, family-friendly, all ages. It's 7.30 tonight. Bring a lawn chair or a blanket, and they're going to have professional storytellers telling these ghost stories. One of them actually a play that was written just for this event. By an internationally acclaimed award-winning playwright. Yes. Who's written plays for the Kennedy Center and the Olympics. Okay, guys. So you stayed overnight in the Historical Society building. Uh, a lot of people yes, are like, yes. okay, where is it? It's downtown Beaver Dam. It's like right across downtown the street. Downtown Beaver Dam. Yeah, Water Technology. 105 okay. Park Avenue. Okay, so. Next to the police station. So now somebody, Craig, maybe you know the the background to this. The reason that you stayed in there is there are is there a ghost or supposed multiple ghosts that are in the building? All right, so here's the deal, and, and we should be joined at, at some point this morning mm-hmm. by uh, Dodge County Historical Society Museum curator Kurt Sampson, uh, who is, uh, he, he's somebody who says, I, I just have nonstop weird things that happen in here all the time that I can't explain. Right. Uh, but it's, it's not just one person, it is uh, you know, former aldermen who are on the uh, Beaverdam Common Council, also members of the Historical Society Board, that has a weird story about being here and hearing music, and he assumed it was coming from a car outside, and then he realized it wasn't, and then he realized it was ragtime music, and he walked toward the source of where it was, and it would get quieter as he walked toward it. 
was like a whole weird thing. So maybe uh, he was walking uh, away you know, that's from just it. One. <laughs> Maybe he's walking. Well, yeah, that's, that could be one theory maybe, as well. If, if you want to keep on applying reason and rationalism to what we're doing here, Rick. The first time the morning show's ever used reason before. But, um, so, uh, and so again, just one of a number at their Christmas party. Their Christmas parties typically turn into a. Uh, discussion about all the weird things that have happened to people within this building. Right. That's how they kind of got the idea for the ghost storytelling festival. Uh, there's a lot of commonality among them of hearing what appears to be a book drop. Right. Uh, and that's kind of like the big theme of what they all, all the historical society people think. They, they call it the book drop. Oh, did you hear the book drop? You know. Right. Uh, but there's, there's, there's books here, but there's clearly nowhere that a book would have dropped when you think it's coming from this section of the uh, right. museum. By the way, we're live streaming on dailydodge.com right now. If you want to go to the video tab, you can watch all this Hi. amazing action in place right now. You may We still have three hours. Just because the sun's up doesn't mean that the ghosts aren't just going to decide to pop out now. Right, absolutely. Because for all we know, book dropping, that was part of the kids' library up there back when it was a library. Exactly. Kids drop books all the time, all but the time. kids probably weren't here overnight, but they might have been here early in the morning getting a book mm -hmm. so so you guys are you guys are planning on doing an update with wade uh coming up in a little bit right yeah yeah okay we'll, so we'll, yeah. we'll take note of the fact that we've been up for like 24 hours and that we'll have to introduce ourselves and set the scene right, right. yeah sure. because i i i was i was thinking that was the first thing you guys were going to do and then you didn't and so no, at, at no, some we, point no. we kind of had to re, re, go back and reset why you were there <laughs> and what was going yeah. on. Rick, yes. you got to understand, we've you been know. up for like 36 hours. Right, and, and we did discover that, uh, you know, you can be scared by a pizza delivery guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, when you're not expecting him to show up. I mean, you're waiting for him to show up, but you didn't expect him to show up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you also start to scary. wonder where doorbell sounds are coming from when you don't realize there's a doorbell. That freaked us out. Yeah. Because I was saying it was over here. here. You were saying it was over there. And uh, and we did have a phantom smell experience. We did. Yeah. Maybe we should save that for the second For the segment. second segment. Yes. Oh, by the, by the way, I've, teaser, I've, right? I've, had, I've had the same phantom smell experience, and it was usually when I walked into a room that Thomas was alone in. But that's a different story that's for no a phantom smell. That's right. no phantom I, smell. Is yeah, that I, the maple I, syrup story? No, 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 no unfortunately. And. All I got was a big grin from Thomas when I walked in, and I'm like, "Oh God, yeah, I gotta leave." Smell brimstone and sulfur. Right? Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right, guys, we we're gonna get everybody all caught up on news. I'll go punch you guys up over on uh, WBEV so you can talk to Wade coming up here. Thanks, thanks, thanks Rick. Yeah, hi, Rick. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you uh, half an hour or so. I'll talk to you after Jennifer, okay? Bye, Rick. Bye. Okay. Oh, God. They have gotten completely punchy after all that time. 100%. From the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dell Studio, this is today's best music. 95 I wear different. It's the morning show. Puts me in the right mood. I listen to you guys every, every morning. I love it. On 95X. Today's news from the Daily Dodge News Center being brought to you by Preferred Dental Partners of Beaver Dam and Horicon. They are now accepting new patients. Craig Warmbold has a look at news today. Ola County authorities arrested a Michigan man yesterday for driving the wrong way while drunk on Interstate 41. The 61-year-old from Michigan was 
four times the legal limit when he drove northbound in the southbound lanes of I-41 from the Dodge Fond du Lac County line around 2 a.m. He eventually stopped after crashing into a squad car that was positioned to slow down his vehicle. The Wisconsin State Patrol is investigating. There were no injuries reported. The Beaverdam Police Department's new mental health officer is already making an impact in the community. The position was created to better focus on the mental health of people the agency serves. Officer Carolyn Dean was tabbed to fill the role. A worker with the Dodge County Human Services Crisis Center recently contacted Dean to report a person at the Beaverdam Hospital struggling with a mental health crisis. Dean says she talked with the individual to see what they needed and conducted a risk assessment. She says she was able to rely on important information and relay that back to the crisis center and develop a safety plan that was appropriate for that person. The department hopes to expand that role in the future. A fundraiser will be held this weekend for a 22-year-old college student from Waupun who's in need of a new kidney. Eric Warnke diagnosed with end-stage kidney failure. The fundraiser will be held tomorrow, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Thirsty Beaver in Beaver Dam. The event includes silent auctions, uh, food, a 50-50 raffle. More information and updates can be found on Eric's Facebook page, A Kidney for Eric. You'll find a link with this news story at DailyDodge.com. I'm Craig Warmbold reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. Submit your news tips at DailyDodge.com. And today's news was brought to you by Preferred Dental Partners of Beaverdam and Horicon. And yes, indeed, my friends, they are accepting new patients. You can find out more by going on the web or giving them a call. Dodge Here's a look at your weatherology forecast. Mostly sunny skies here for today with a high in the low 70s. Northwest winds at 5 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 30. And for tonight, mostly clear skies, a low near 46. By Saturday, a slight chance for rain showers, mostly cloudy skies. We'll see a high of 64. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on your home for today's best music, 95X. Currently, it's 51. The other schools, too many other everyday places that have become killing fields. We need to ban assault weapons in high capacity magazines. And if we can't ban assault weapons, then we should raise the age to purchase them from 18 to 21. After Sandy Hook, after Charleston, after Orlando, after Las Vegas, after Parkland, nothing has been done. Yeah, and I, I don't know that nothing will be done um maybe maybe we're just not good you know what i mean i mean people want to blame guns they want to blame this i mean at the end of the the root thing is people are just maybe not good and obviously there's a lot of mental illness involved with this as well but That is your morning trifecta. Morning trifecta brought to you by J&L Tire and Service Center, the Highway 16 bypass in Watertown and also in Johnson Creek. All right, let's get into some good, better stuff, right? We don't need all the depressing stuff going into the weekend. Uh, after all, it is time for us to present to you our Kickin' a Classic. And we are going to present a song that has been number one, or was number one, I should say, on this date back in 1984. And I'm like, literally, like right now, it was number one. And isn't it amazing that the singer is celebrating a birthday today? She was born on this day in 1951. 
had a couple of big hits, one with Johnny Mathis. She originally worked as a backup singer for Stevie Wonder's group Wonder Love. And in 1984, as mentioned, she had the number one record on this day going back all those years. Her name is Denise Williams. Yeah. And let's hear it for the boy. Wake up with 95X. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Gets me up. Top of the morning to everybody. Good morning to you all. Today's best music. 95X. It's time for us to talk weather with Jennifer. Our weather is being brought to you by Menards. Saving big money is always super, super, super easy when you head over to Menards. And uh, don't forget about the 11% rebate deal going on as well. Jennifer is here to talk weather. Hi, Jennifer. Hello, hello. All right, so uh, Thomas is not here, Ninja's not here, Craig's not here, and Sherry's not here. Do you know why? Why is that? Well, three of the four... Stayed overnight, all night long, at the Historical Society. because Ooh, okay. They, because they're getting ready for some big uh, ghost story thing that, uh, you know, apparently the building is haunted. Mm-hmm. And they already checked in this morning and broke the news that, in fact, they did not encounter anything overnight. Aw, oh, man. No. So, there was... That turned out to be a big Al Capone's uh, vault kind of a thing. Um, but, yeah, Sherry was out late with them. She actually stayed out till like, 1.30 in the morning. And I got an email from her saying, oh, it won't be in for the morning show. I'm like, you know, I guess it's just going to be me and Jennifer then. Darn. We'll just have to sit there and chat away. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about what we can experience over the next uh, couple of days. Because, yeah, we are concerned about maybe rain showers popping up and maybe ruining any kind of plants. What do you think? Is it going to be a washout? Is it going to be pop-up showers? What are you expecting? I don't think it's going to be a washout. I think it's going to be more of a pop-up shower sort of event um, throughout the day tomorrow. Ten, uh, tomorrow night, more of a kind of just kind of continued chance for rain showers and then into um, primarily the first part of the day on Sunday as well, and then redeveloping in the later uh, part of the evening. So it's kind of on and off throughout the weekend. Today, if you have any sort of outdoor activities that you need to get done, um, definitely today is the day to do it. We're looking at sunny skies, beautiful day with a high of 71. We should be in the mid-70s, so not far from average. Increasing clouds tonight. Overnight lows right around about 46. Saturday, a slight chance for rain showers here. A blend of clouds, or mostly cloudy skies tomorrow, actually high around about 64 degrees, 68 here on Sunday with a chance for some rain showers. Monday, chance for rain high of 70, and then Tuesday, slight chance for rain high of 71. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wichitsky. All right, so, I mean, we might have to get an umbrella out once in a while or seek the cover of an awning, but other than that, it doesn't sound all that bad. Yeah, not too bad. All right, uh, let's see if... um. Let's see if maybe the boys over at the Historical Society want to say good morning to you. Is he? Yes. Hi, we're live here at the Dodge County Historical Society, 105 Park Avenue. We just spent the night here. Ninja, Thomas, and me, Craig Warmbold. Okay, that's not what I asked. I, I hope I don't did see you, one now. Did you guys want to say hi to Jennifer this morning? Oh, hi, hi Jennifer. Jennifer. Hello, hello. You guys survived. We, we, we did. Mostly. We did. We yeah. did. Now we are intact, and and there were All no there were no run-ins with any ghosts. Not well. We have one unconfirmed situation. Right. Wait a we, second. We were it, able to debunk some situations. Yeah. So Jennifer, one of the, th- <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a real quick story here before we let you go. So they were all talking last night, 
And Sherry was there, like I say, in the overnight hours. And at one point, you know how it is when you're in conversation, all of a sudden, for some reason, everybody stops talking and just kind of like stares at each other for a second? Sure. So they, were in, they had one of those situations. And all of a sudden, they heard, shh. Like somebody was shushing them. And they all this freaked. This is an old library. And they all freaked out. They all freaked out. Oh, my stuff. God. Oh, my God. What was that? Did we catch that on tape? Did we catch that on tape? And they went back and found out. It was a pair of headphones that were turned up in the other room that was on a one-second delay, and Craig had just said, Sherry. So that's what they heard. Sherry. Yeah. Well, you're I can imagine that, that plays with your senses, that. though, for a second. Sure. It's kind of like, uh, what? Yeah, I know. Exactly. It, yeah, would, be, it, would, it would be a little bit of a freaky thing. We have a lot of things in our area. We have a lot of buildings in our area that are apparently haunted. And we have a supper club between Beaver Dam and Waupon that apparently is haunted. I think well, you've taken me there. That's spending our time next. What supper club is that? It's called, well, it's Schaumburg's up on Highway A. Schaumburg's is haunted? Yeah. I've never heard of Are that. the oh. owners of Schaumburg's aware of this? Do they know uh, they're haunted? I have, heard, I have heard specifically, guys, from somebody that worked there as a bar manager that experienced some of the things, like glasses mysteriously sliding down the bar and doors opening and closing on their own with no windows open. People so, not paying their tabs. Do you think yeah. that could happen in a 10-hour period if we were to spend 10 hours I think, there? here's the deal, guys, and, and I know Jennifer's going to have to get going here in a, in a moment, but here's the deal. I think you guys should plan on just spending the entire weekend there. Because that's going to well, be... Actually, yeah. we're thinking about the whole week. Right, because the, think Open about it. hours and closed hours. Think about right? it. You yeah. know, there, usually you've got to get lots and lots and lots of footage to put together a special, right? I mean, Ninja, you know this about, yeah. b- more than anybody. Yeah. So I if you guys... You handle news next week, Rick. Right. <laughs> well, I think we got, I think we oh, got Kevin to handle news, don't we? Uh, yeah, but he might need some rest. It's, all, it's like weird. We need, a, we need you to suddenly. I'm hearing like a you also to siren in the background. Just like, I'm hearing a siren. It's a ghost siren. Ghost siren. Yeah. So Jennifer, they, they did not discover horses. any ghosts. Would you agree though that maybe they need to spend a few more nights? I think that sounds like a great plan. Yeah. So, all right. I think lack of sleep might also be helpful too. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I think that'd be like awesome. Over there. All right, Jennifer. We will catch up with you later, and I promise it'll be five random facts and no facts about fake ghosts. All right, sounds great. Have a good one. All right, there's Jennifer. Bye, Jennifer. Nothing but real ghosts Bye. here, that's for sure. So they're telling, you guys were you mentioned last time around that, is that tonight that they're doing the ghost story readings? Seven is. thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. They, they built a stage outside the Dodge County Historical Society between the chamber and here. The uh, public's invited out. Mm-hmm. Family friendly. Bring a chair or a blanket so you have some place to sit It'll and enjoy the show. Wow. Now, are these going to, Craig, do you know, are these going to be, like, just ghost stories from around the world, or are these going to be, like, related to the Historical Society building or something in the area? Well, that is, that is actually the case, yeah. The, uh, the story that was, again, written by a uh, professional, internationally acclaimed uh, playwright uh, who's written plays for the Olympics, who's written plays for the Kennedy Center. Um, she's uh, written one that, that kind of ties in all of the stories that have been accumulated around the historical... I'm not reading anything on that sheet you're showing me, Tom. It's all the stories that have been oh. uh, collected around the Historical Society from board members, from people that worked here, from uh, all... all, all 
the history, some of the items that are in here uh, are all kind of incorporated into that. Again, it, it's it's family friendly, so you could bring the whole family out. The weather's supposed to be just absolutely gorgeous absolutely, tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and there's so many things going on in Beaver Dam. Just this weekend with the Arts and Peony Festival, you've got uh, uh, Fred McMurray's mural being painted over at the Beaver Dam Area Community Theater mm-hmm. tomorrow morning, starting at 10 a.m. And every and the public is invited to do that to actually right. paint something that is going to go on the wall. Uh, for as long as it could possibly be up there. Yeah, I think we heard like first hundred people to paint a tile. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that'll be incorporated in. Yeah, Stephen yeah. Bennett is a guy who bought the old community theater mm-hmm. building, and uh, he's an internationally known uh, portrait artist who's done presidents and uh, movie stars and uh, movie stars. Are- you know, a lot of and you know, famous stars, people, famous people. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- uh, that's not the only thing that's going on. I mean, you can go to the Ovens Farm for their uh, peonies tour. You've got uh, Ooga Brewing, Thirsty Beaver. I'll have live music. There's a comedian playing at the Riverfront Wine Bar. Uh, the Dodge County Center for the Arts has got a big quilt exhibit going on. A lot of stuff going on. In yeah, here. you've got uh, the send-off for the uh, Special Olympic kids tomorrow morning from the old Shopko parking lot. Yeah, that's starting at that's 9, right. 10. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. It, honor flight's also going out tomorrow, too. So if you're looking for something to do in the evening tomorrow, and maybe you've uh, spent a lot of time in Beaver Dam, you want to head over to Madison. Welcome back. The 95 veterans that are going to be returning from uh, from that flight, uh, sure. the, awesome. the third of six flights that are going to be taking place here in 2022. Uh, that's another great opportunity. But mm-hmm. summer's getting up into full swing here now, post Memorial Day. Yeah, Absolutely. and Sunday and Sunday, of course, is the, a tradition in Dodge County, which is the Dairy Brunch. The Dairy Brunch, the second annual Dairy Brunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just had him on community comment yesterday. Uh, some fascinating uh, stories there. Of course, as always, I invite you to go to DailyDodge.com and get all the details. That's where you could watch the video. Right, you might be listening to the morning show right yeah, now. You but can you're see like, us right now. Hey, watch us. I want to see Ninja and uh, Thomas and Craig, and there may be a ghost that pops up in the next two and a half hours. Who knows? Look right, yeah. bags yeah. under your eyes. Oh my gosh, you look tired. Yeah, you guys yeah. probably you guys yeah. sound tired. You sound a little bit punchy, but that's all good. Now well, we're going to take care of some business with sports. I love you too, Rick. And uh, guys, we'll Hi, be back Rick. with you a little bit. Okay, there it goes. There it goes. All right. I knew that was going to get weird. Uh, Wade Sports is coming up in just a moment. A reminder that if, as you head out, that, you know, Craig mentioned all these great events that are taking place. And that means that you're probably going to be rushed with time to try to take care of um, maybe some meals in between. That's where Beaver Dam Piggly Wiggly comes in hand. Uh, Beaver Dam Piggly Wiggly has got uh, you covered when it comes to making meals really, really simple. Uh, the grab-and-go section, whether it be fruits, whether it be vegetables, whether it be things just to throw on the grill, like pub burgers or marinated chicken breast. And then you've got that incredible deli that has all those great salads and all those great side dishes that you can bring along to whatever event you might be. It could be something like... Um, the send-off of uh, the local kids for the Special Olympics, or it could be reading ghost stories, maybe taking your favorite sushi tray down to uh, listening to the ghost stories. Beaver Dam Piggly Wiggly is great with making sure things are easy for you and super, super convenient. Plus, really healthy as well. Don't forget that a great alternative to a fast food lunch is a fast salad bar lunch at Beaver Dam Piggly Wiggly. And, of course... Boy, I'll tell you what, it's the weekend, which means we can start talking about that great liquor department and all the wonderful things they have inside there. Lowest prices on things like wines and 
your favorite seltzers and all those great uh, craft beers and so much more. Beaver Dam Piggly Wiggly on the beautiful east side of Beaver Dam. Better prices, better selection. It means you better go. The Beaver Dam High School baseball team is heading to the sectional for the first time since 2017 after a 4-2 win over Nina in the regional final on Thursday night at the BDHS Diamond. Good. We uh, played a great game. Kids were fired up and great atmosphere with a big crowd here and uh, you know, just played a really good game and, and got the got the regional title. That's Golden Beaver head coach Nate Wilkie. Beaver Dam rolled the arm of junior Dalen Johnson who gave up just four hits and two runs, just one earned to go along with five strikeouts to earn the complete game victory. He's been dominant all year. I mean, he's the, some of the teams that he's knocked off this year, you know, Janesville Craig and Milton and Wanakee and DeForest and stuff, and, you know, you put the ball in his hands, you know he's going to give us a chance to win any game. So he uh, he pitches lights out today and, and uh, you know, kept us, you know, his low-scoring game and just kept us in there and enough to, for us to get some hits and win. Beaver Dam heads to Oshkosh on Tuesday to face West Bend West in the sectional semifinal. You can watch that game on Daily Dodge TV presented by Columbus Family Dental, hometown glass and improvement from the Beaver Dam Unified School District. The John Deere pregame show is set for 12.45. The first pitch set for 1 o'clock. The Horicon softball team's heading back to the state tournament. The Marshall Ladies beat number one ranked Boscobel 3-2 in the sectional final yesterday. WIAA Girls Soccer Regional Semifinals will pawn advance with a 4 0 win over Ripon. Columbus also heads to the regional final in Division 4 with a 2 1 victory over Living Word Lutheran. Houston Dodgeland advances 7 zip over Mayville. Central Wisconsin Christian gets blanked by St. Mary Springs 3 0, and Lomira gets shut out by Winnebago Lutheran 9 zip. WIAA State Boys Tennis Meet on Thursday. Watertown's Jake Olaszewski and Eli Zubke drop their opening match at the meet. Six love, six love to Middleton's Eileen Rice and Kieran Gopal. WIAA State Boys and Girls Track Meet begins today in lacrosse. Over 40 events have local qualifiers in Division One. Beaver Dam's Amia Westra is in the girls' 800 and pole vault, while fellow Golden Beaver Kylie Whitnabel competing in the shot put. You can see the full list of area qualifiers for the state track meet at DailyDodge.com. The pitch, swinging a base hit to center, and the Brewers win. Knocks in Jace Peterson with a winning run on a single to setter. And they have come from behind to beat San Diego. That's the call from Bob Euchre on the Brewers Radio Network and WBEV last night. Milwaukee scores four in the bottom of the ninth. Jace Peterson's bases loaded triple uh, tied the game, and then McCutcheon had the walk-off single. Series continues tonight. Coverage begins at 6.35 on WBEV. The National League Center, the Reds top the Nationals 8-1. Cubs got by the Cardinals 7-5. The Boston Celtics outscored the Golden State Warriors 40-16 in the fourth quarter. Stole game one of the NBA Finals 120-108 in Oakland. Packers wrap up organized team activities today. They'll take the weekend off and host their mandatory minicamp next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It is your DailyDodge.com sports update on... From the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dell Studio, streaming live on DailyDodge.com, we're going to check out entertainment news for you coming out in a little bit. But uh, before that, I think there might be some entertainment going on at the Dodge County Historical Society. I don't know. 
I mean, very limited in entertainment. Ninja Thomas and Craig here live from the Dodge County Historical Society, where we just spent the entire night with all types of paranormal equipment. We had paranormal investigators join us. We had local historians join us. Shortly, we're going to be hearing from the curator of the Dodge County Historical Society Museum, Kurt Sampson will be in to give us his insight and share some of the spooky stories that he's experienced here over the many years. Laughs, screams, tears, we've experienced it all. You'll laugh, you'll cry. Here on the 95X Morning Show. Most likely just cry. Probably a lot, little yeah, crying. Lots of tears, actually. Lots of tears of, yeah. of, uh, un, of yawning. I've got yawning tears. Oh, yeah, I've been yawning. A lot of yawning tears yeah. going on. I did they have a yawn earlier. Yeah, yeah, I had one of those. You did. You had a big yawn. It was a big yawn. Rick, we want to be part of entertainment news with you. No. Tell us stories. Rick. Yeah, we... <laughs> no. Come on, just tell us a story. Like, just what's the one? lead story? Um, I don't have it here right now. I Honestly, I really don't. Davidson. I really don't. I, I forgot to print it. How could you not have entertainment news? I forgot to print it. You just previewed it. I forgot to print it. <laughs> well, we don't have the entertainment here. We're hoping for you, buddy. Well, no. I'm oh, relying on. on you guys to kind of... Well, I thought for I mean, sure We you... thought we were going to the Humane Society, so we were expecting puppies. <laughs> yeah, DCHS. Uh, yeah. Apparently, we wound up at the historical... I think maybe the Humane Society is waiting for us. Instead, yeah, we got portraits of dead people. Yeah, they're right. sad cats now. Uh, There's some war memorabilia. How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know anything that's going on with Kim Kardashian or anything? Yeah, Craig? I do. But I, I want to ask you in your opening, Craig. You said you had, uh, I think you said something about telenormal investigators or you something like that. Uh, we did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, who who did you have? We had uh, um, paranormal LA. investigator right, yeah. uh, Zelia Edgar, right? Who's also uh, an author? Who's also an author? Published She's published author. a book, uh, just another tinfoil hat presents. It's a collection of she has uh, a YouTube odd stories. stories as well. Yeah, yep. by the same name. Another tinfoil yep. hat. Just another yeah. tinfoil hat. And, and yeah. uh, she came with some of her uh, electromagnetic uh, frequency detectors, and mm-hmm. uh, and and also came loaded with a lot of really good information from a lot of time spent researching these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah she's very very. She's a walking encyclopedia. And insightful person. We could have talked to her all night. It was uh, it was quite fascinating. Okay, I mean, we could talk to her because no ghosts were talking to us. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And now yeah. you you guys have some kind of um, uh, I don't know what they call them, but the the the, the detectors that they use for like when there's paranormal yeah. activity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Pete Vinkman in uh, in Ghostbusters, right? Kind of like a PK, uh, PKE. Oh, meter. that was a PKE meter, but uh, ours is EMF. So oh. just different letters. Yeah. Well, what does PKE stand yeah, for? What is PKE? Uh, why didn't we have one of those? That's probably why we didn't see any ghosts because we didn't have PKE detector. I'm trying to remember. It's something kinetic energy, I think. All right. Paranormal kinetic energy, I believe. Is yeah, yeah it makes sense yeah. to me. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, and instead we just had standard electromagnetic field. We did find some unusual uh, electromagnetic field activity. Okay, so I guess <laughs> I guess the question that I have is, is Craig, you brought it up last time around that you had that weird incident where all of you kind of stopped talking at the same time, and then you heard the shh, and it freaked you out a little bit, and then we found out that it was yeah. it was absolutely nothing. It was a set of headphones in the next room. Feedback. But from, the, yeah, the, the question right. I have is, with the three of you together all night long, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. Sherry, was, long, yeah. Sherry was there for a good portion of it, um, yeah. she was did the, you guys she was the ever, cream in our paranormal Oreo. Yeah, did you guys ever really pause for any length of time? In other words, did you ever really oh. shut up for any length of time where you could actually just listen for ghosts? 
I did not, but Thomas, because <laughs> you know me, Rick. Right. Uh, I did not, but Thomas, tell her, why don't you, t- uh, did you and Ninja do it, or was it just you? I mean, yeah, we worked together. I mean, you did one by yourself, and then we did one, uh, yeah. like two of them together, kind so of. So I, yeah. I went first by myself, and uh, that's when you guys were interviewing uh, Roger Knoll, talking about the history of right. the, uh, of the fascinating building. Thing. Did you know, for example, Rick, that beautiful Swan Park, you know, with uh, they're, they're redoing all the lagoons out right. there. Are you looking at my armpit here? No, what I'm looking you at you, right. dude. So, uh, so in the, in the 60s, I guess, they had uh, something called Monkey Island. It was just an island of monkeys what? out right. in a cage what? in the middle of... Yeah, there's oh, pictures yeah, of crazy. it here. Uh, and it, That's not the craziest it? part, though. Just wait, Rick. Yeah, So, uh, but they had to shut it down because a monkey escaped and attacked a boy and it bit him. Are you se- you're serious about this? Yes. Yeah. This, this oh, is, yeah, it was, it's totally serious. This is at, you don't there make up things here in the of, the cage photo of Monkey Island. Island. Yeah. yeah, Monkey Island. Oh. Yeah, right here in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. Were they flying monkeys? They were not flying monkeys, uh, as far as we know, they but they flew monkeys. the coop pretty quick after they yeah. bit that kid, it sounds like. I mean, considering that monkey had to not only break out of that cage, but it had to swim the lagoon <laughs> just to yeah, bite right. a kid. It was like, it was yeah. like monkey Alcatraz. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Now, my, my, this is all a true story, by the way. Yeah. Guys, uh, I'm just uh, informed from our friend, uh, Arizona John. Um, he's yeah. listening, he's listening we were just to... talking about Arizona. <gasps> so Arizona John said Weird. that he tuned in to the, uh, accidentally the Wontads yesterday. And <laughs> he said some guy called in with ghost hunting equipment. Did you guys hear that? What? What? Who no. hosted the Wanteds and didn't tell us about that? That's ridiculous. It would have been John Kraft. Oh, John Kraft. Paging John Kraft. Make sure you... Now it's too late. To, he probably had a PKE. Right. He probably did. Oh, man. No. That's why we couldn't pick up any of that uh, telekinetic energy. Craig, you've lived here uh, long enough, and, and uh, Ninja, you maybe don't know about this. And uh, Thomas, I don't know if you've ever heard of it either. But have you I'm guys ever heard? Of, have funny. you guys ever heard about that bar over in Baraboo that's haunted? The Baraboo Bar haunting. You guys ever heard of that? No, I'm no. Say I haven't no. never heard no. of it. No. So we stopped there. We we've read about it, and so a bunch of us decided to go on one of our beer tours um, over there. And they actually have all kinds of cameras set up in the basement, and it's like one of these really old basements, you know, which a it's like a real rustic kind of a thing because this building has been around for like. I don't know, 150 years or 180 years or whatever it is. And they show how they've got these orbs. And Ninja, maybe you've heard about these before. These orbs mm-hmm. that are floating around mm-hmm. that are like, what What typically are those? I mean, there's a lot of different explanations for what they could be. They could be energy. In some cases, it could just be dust floating in front of the camera. Uh, so sometimes they're debunkable, sometimes they're not. We did have a camera set up specifically looking for them because we were told that other paranormal investigators had seen orbs here in the corner where they have the display about one of the uh, local individuals who was involved in the execution of the Lincoln uh, assassination conspirators. Wow. So we had a camera in that direction all night uh, and went to it periodically. Uh, as far as I know, it didn't pick up any orbs. Will you be reviewing the footage? Yeah, I'll be checking back on all that at some point. So we could find out that we've been surrounded by ghosts the whole time and, and we have no understand. idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because wow. wow. that camera's also looking at a bunch of dolls in a, in a case by itself. Oh, that's you know, scary. Who knows? 
they could have moved. Yeah, you yeah. could. They could you judge the camera? If the dowels moved by like a millimeter, would you be able to detect that? I probably wouldn't notice it mm. in my my watch back, but okay. you never know. Because there is a story here. Uh, there is a prosthetic arm that Doctor Swan had uh, made for somebody who kept on falling into electrical <laughs> lines yeah. or something. Apparently, yeah. he lost his arm falling into electrical line yeah, while working on a dam time, somewhere. It, but apparently, this uh, this prosthetic arm. What did they say? They said it moves. Like people will come in and be like, oh, the other day this was way more pressed up against the wood now it's pushed towards the middle of the case and so we've taken a couple of photos of it uh throughout the course of the night to see if it looks like it's moved at all we'll have to go back and look at those and see but God, do you remember one when time the- it escaped and it bit a boy and now they're not able to have it anymore right you guys remember when the arm was going after sarah connor in Terminator? Remember that? <laughs> yes. Sarah Connor. Oh. I'm coming for you. Man, man. So you guys had quite yep. the experience overnight. I mean, it was, it was an educational evening, that's for sure. We got to learn a lot, and we talked to a lot of great people, a lot of good information. For sure. Um, and, you yeah. know, with the EVP sessions that me and Thomas did, you know, a lot of times you don't know if you picked up any voices until you go back and listen to it again. That's what Rick was asking. I don't, yeah. Did we explain that, that um, how you did that, what that process right. was like? Right, so essentially, uh, like Thomas, at one point you went up there and you set out the recorder mm-hmm. and you read some Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. And I'm guessing gave pauses to see if there was a response or anything that you might have picked up. I started pausing in the middle, then I got really into it. And it was a weird story. It was talking about this guy's like nice legs and his calves and his teeth. And I was like, this is really graphic. I don't know if the ghost is going to like this. But I kept reading it anyway. Do you so guys- we'll go back and see if uh, maybe, maybe there was a ghost who was getting, you know. Getting excited by it and thought it was great, you know, great literature. But we also did another one near the uh, the war memorabilia near the uh, one room schoolhouse mm-hmm. display. Uh, we did one down here by the uh, the Lincoln conspirator display, uh, just asking questions and seeing if maybe we'll be able to pick up an answer in the listening back to the recording. All right, have you guys? So uh, we were quiet for a little bit. I was going to say it's hard for me to to think of Craig Warmbold ever being quiet. Uh, but anyways, it was hard. Uh, it was we tried difficult. to wait till he was gone. Yeah. Right, <laughs> like wait till he goes to the bathroom, kind of a thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's a good one. Now, uh, so we're talking specifically about what you guys experience inside the historical building, but Craig. There's got to be other buildings around the Dodge County area. I don't know, maybe just in Beaver Dam, maybe just not within the city limits. But there's got to be other buildings around the area that have stories behind them when it comes to hauntings, right? Or some kind of a ghost. I mean, I think a lot of us remember what was on, if you remember the old show that Robert Stack hosted called Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. There, was the famous right. story in Ho- there was the famous story in Horicon about the haunted yeah. bed set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it would just be easier for us to get the bunk beds and bring them over to the radio station and try to sleep in the bunk beds than right. it would be to go yeah. to somebody's house. I mean, the thing about this place is that it's like super cool and you could be in here for days and not see the same thing twice. Yeah. I think if you go to somebody's house and, you know, I think you better have like a movie queued up and some right. data chips available because. I think that could get kind of boring. Some just popcorn and for... Harry Potter while you wait. Yeah. Right. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. That did, we should have done that. Yeah. yeah. That There's a projection be... screen behind us. There we is. could have. And they have a projector. Yeah. Right. We could have been watching movies the entire That's time. That's how Greg and Cindy 
made the ghosts in that episode oh. of the Brady Bunch. Oh no, it was a UFO. Yeah, that's oh. what it was. Right. Well, yeah, but they tried. To, they tried to do. Paranormal. They tried to do a ghost thing one time too, where they had a string they that oh. went from the top of their stairs down to the living room, right. and they had a ghost that went down it. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that too well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my times with the Brady Bunch. I'm just wondering, Rich, Craig. No. You know, with the with the history of a building like the the uh, the Rogers, if there's any yeah. thing that we know about the Rogers, any kind of weird things that have ever happened down there. You know, that's funny. I haven't heard about any. And well, there's pe- there's people living in the Rogers all the time. And when right. the librarian moved out from here, she moved that's where she moved to. To the Rogers. Uh, yeah. Patrick told us when he was giving us the tour that there was a section of the Rogers Hotel that was only for single ladies. Really? And they had kind of like a, like a dorm mom type person who'd watch over it, and it was secured. It was locked off, so it wasn't accessible huh. by people huh. who didn't live in that section. Right. Because, um, you know, it would be kind of frowned upon for, one, for a single lady to be living by herself, but let alone living in a, a hotel space. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But, but you know, that's not one. I have not heard about any scary stories coming right. out of the of the Rogers Hotel. You hear a lot about the old community theater building, mm-hmm. Hor- the Horicon place. Um, but other than that, not not a, a not a whole terrible lot. But I think everybody's had their own individual. Not everybody. Sorry, right. I say that out loud. I think a lot of people, some people, a certain number of people have had weird experiences. And they, as we've been talking about it, they've been calling in to break time. They've been, Absolutely. you know, sharing those experiences uh, in social media, stopping by and, and telling us uh, about them. Uh, uh, Pat Lutz, uh, one of the board members here on the Historical Society board, shared some of uh, his. Uh, unexplained kind of coincidences right. and things like that. And, you know, when you talk about the number of people that have had experiences here at the Historical Society, a lot of them are here multiple times a month or multiple times a year for long hours working on projects. And so, you know, sometimes it's not about being here at any time, it's about being here at the right time. Yeah. Plus, they don't have the technology necessarily in place, though they do have cameras here, to debunk something like the way we were able to debunk something that we created. Right. Unknowingly. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah now, and like I told you guys, you might want to, at some point, Craig, talk to somebody with experience up at Schaumburg's, because that's, that's another one I have heard specifically yeah. about. Yeah, that's interesting. Heard that one. That is interesting. And, and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of places like that. Maybe... Right. You know, uh, maybe other uh, listeners want to call in and suggest a place for Rick to spend the night. Yeah. Or if you happen to be a listener and you've uh, you've captured <laughs> something and you want to share it with us, you know, if you got a photo, a video that you captured of something paranormal, want to share it, we'd love to see it. And we're streaming live right now on DailyDodge.com. We're pushing Absolutely. that to the Daily Dodge Facebook page. You feel free to leave a comment. We haven't checked the social media all night. That's probably um, something we should have done. Right. But, uh, I, I kind of peeked at we'll it. We, catch did, up on we it. didn't have a lot of comments. Most of the people were watching on Daily Dodge. No, oh, great. And we did have we did have views. People were watching. It wasn't. You know, just Rick at home. Humans, living, breathing uh, I'm people. I'm assuming. Okay. Right. Unfortunately, uh, Daily Dodge doesn't tell me how many viewers are paranormal uh, and how many are, are real. Ooh, that is. And, and I would like to I like yeah. to take this yeah. moment just to apologize for the fact that while you guys were doing all your streaming, I completely forgot that you were even like not around. So I'm. Oh, thanks. Oh, you're you mean you don't think about me at home, Rick? No. I'm, I'm insulted. Sorry, sorry, sorry oh, about that. You should have guys. stayed up late. I mean, I know you don't stay up late for like a Packers game that goes past nine o'clock, but you could have stayed up until uh, three in the morning watching the hijinks and roll here. Yeah, yeah, the hijinks. Oh, I can only imagine what it ended up being like. At what point did you get real punchy? Uh, like eleven. I, yeah. I was gonna say, come on, like yeah. four a.m. or something like that, right? 
Yeah, when I got back from this running over to the station, uh, yeah, just there in the last yeah. hour or so, I've, I've, I've Craig, turned my loop setting. Craig, you had the golden opportunity when you came mm-hmm. back there to scare the bejeebers out of those guys by doing something right, very hauntingly, yeah. and, you, and you didn't. Yeah, I punted on that one. No, you opened the door, and that kind of scared me a little bit. Yeah, and that, that is the really thing. Yeah, we've had we had people that we know were coming here, right. Stop by, and just their mere showing up like freaked us all out. Right. We were on high alert, though. I think yeah. most of the night, guys. We, we definitely were because we were we were hoping for things. Guys, we do have to take care of a little bit of entertainment news, so just hang on. I just got to play this. What's happening in Hollywood? I Sweet. am going to Hollywood. Movie stardom is just so hollow. Welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? This is entertainment news from the 95X Morning Show. All right, entertainment news brought to you by J&L Tire and Service Center, the Highway 16 bypass in Watertown and also in Johnson Creek. I need you guys to listen carefully because I want you to give me your opinion on this. Sherry and I talked about this just briefly yesterday. Have, have you guys are familiar with the name Matthew Morrison? No. Sounds familiar. I think, he, I think he originally was one of the cast members on Glee. And um, oh yeah, he oh. was the teacher. Oh he, yeah, the, the yeah, Mr. Shoot. Yeah. Oh. So he Shoot. was one of the judges on a new show called So You Think You Can Dance. And mm. now he has been fired from the show <gasps> for a uh, text message he sent to one of the female dancers that oh, was no. that was that was uh, said to be flirty and wrong and you should never send a text like that i want Mr. to shoop i want i want to play for you what the text message said and then i want you guys to tell me how explicit it was okay here's matthew oh, morrison right. here's matthew morrison himself reading back the text message he sent it's really unfortunate that I have to sit here and defend myself and my family against blatantly untrue statements made anonymously, but I have nothing to hide. So in the interest of transparency, I will read to you the one message that I wrote to a dancer on the show. Hey, it's Matthew. If you don't mind, would love to get your number and talk you through some things. The end. I sent this because this dancer and I both share a mutual respect for a choreographer that I've known for over 20 years, and I was trying to help her get a job as a choreographer on the show. It's devastating that we live in this world where gossip rules and people's lives are being thrown around as clickbait. I think this is much bigger than me and this story. Gossip is toxic, and it is destroying our society, and we need to do better. So, your thoughts, guys, on the message that he sent to the dancer? really am- ambiguous. Yeah, it really is. Did, have the producers come forward and said that anything about, yeah, that is the message, or have they confirmed, denied anything? Um, he's got it on his phone, which he showed the right. people that were interviewing him. He showed them the message that he sent. Do you know sent. anything else about his behavior on this show, like how he acted towards her no. in any other context? No, we don't have anything well, I'll, else. I'll, I'll say this. 
um, he's judging multiple dancers, right? Mm -hmm. So they're all of a high caliber. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it that set this one apart from the rest? Did she have some particular dance technique that this choreographer would like? I, I would right. think any one of the dancers might be right. uh, referable to this choreographer friend of his. Well, and, and he did say that they both had the same mutual respect for a particular choreographer. Oh. So maybe there's a, he felt there was a link there. Oh. And so he was like, well, because you like them and I like them. Right. I oh, can, that was I, part of the text message? No, I thought that was... No, that in, was part of his thoughts after the fact. No, right. No. The, the text message ended with his phone number, and that was it, right? No. Or was the, all that stuff that you said after that, What that was also part of the text message? No, the text message was, simple, the, it was simply like this. Hey, it's Matthew. Uh, can I get your number so we can talk, you know, basically? And then he went on after the text message it. to explain the fact that right, they like the same choreographer because she apparently said that when she was doing her spiel talking about her dancing. She's like, oh, I really like, you know, I really liked uh, Craig Warmbold's choreography and I'm a big follower of hers. And so was Matthew. So that's what he is saying. That's the reason he's saying he reached out to her. I don't know if it's right. legit or think, not, but but still, how do you how do you listen to that text message? I mean, it was not like, hey, maybe uh, maybe we can hook up sometime. You know, I, I didn't hear any of that in that text message. Well, how does he text her if well, he knows her phone number already? I assume he he inboxed her. Well, or, and it could be one of those things place. where it could have been a, hey, this is your number, but before I continue to use it and continue to communicate with you through this number. That's not what he said, though. Right, but, you know, people, not, like, generations that are more in touch than Thomas and younger, you know, than you and I communicate a little bit differently. But to me, this you, sounds... You're welcome. Uh this sounds more like one of those instances where the subject sending the message dictates in the mind of the receiver how it's taken. So, for instance, uh, if me and Thomas are both at a, a bar and I walk up to hey there, uh, handsome, <laughs> and I walk up <laughs> to a very attractive young lady and I say, "Hey, can I buy you a drink?" She might look at me and go, "You no." And to her now, that was a creepy statement. Right. But if Thomas walks up to her with his new haircut, looking all snazzy, and he's like, hey, can I buy you hey, a drink? Can I get your number? She might look at him and go, oh, he's kind of attractive. And to her, that is no longer a sleazy statement, but we both said the same thing. Right. And in So her just, perceived... Yep. Yeah, yeah. I would say it, 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 probably, it, it, it probably would be opposite, though, Ninja. It probably would be they get creeped out by Thomas and think you were the normal one. I just want to. Put I mean, that, that that's true. I do come across much less threatening, and I look like a yeah. cuddly teddy bear. Uh, and, and to reverse my statement from earlier, just to kind of give the opposite view of that, he's already got a way to communicate with her. Right. He's already communicating yeah. whether whatever method that is. Right. He can already reach out to her, why would he verbally need to reach out to her? Now, the other option we might not be taking into consideration is they might, as judges, have the ability to email or direct something. message, like yeah. a DM messaging system sure. with people, whereas text messaging is considered personal and right. outside the show. Yeah, I guess they're, you're right. And, and so, yep. Hmm. Yeah, that's the issue thing. might be like 
Go ahead. More that they don't want him communicating outside the show with somebody while the show's going on. Right. Yeah, that's why a good is point. he doing that while the show's going on? That's no. right. Yeah. That's, that's a not a. That's, that's just. A, it's not sound it's judgment. It's a little unprofessional. Guys, a couple other couple of other entertainment stories that I just want to get to quickly. Uh, Marvel Studios has announced that the uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness will be arriving on Disney Plus uh, by like June twenty second or so. Ooh. So it is actually coming out a little bit earlier than I expected it to. It's three weeks. I mean, it's not really super surprising. Nowadays, everything goes to DVD faster anyways. And, uh, I mean... DVD, what's that? Right? (laughs) And uh, Disney's been really pushing for... You know, oh, we feel like our box office sales have hit a, a stagnation. Maybe they haven't dropped, but they're also not growing. Right. And so let's just throw on Disney Plus and get a few more subscriptions out of it. Exactly. Guys, one last thing in the world of entertainment. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but the uh, there's going to be a new show coming out on um, HBO Max. It's a movie called Batgirl. And directors have now confirmed that Michael Keaton will be returning as Batman for Batgirl. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Didn't didn't he already return for something? So he's supposed to be returning in the Flash movie with Ezra Miller to reprise his role as Batman. And I believe Ben Affleck is also reprising his role as Batman. And doing a multiverse no. thing? Right. It seems that way. Which no. is something, I so mean, popular, for anybody yeah. who's followed the well, Flashpoint. of erasing the Batfleck from history. Right, exactly. Batfleck. I mean, <laughs> Batfleck, also I like that. setting up potentially Robert Pattinson's Batman as being the current yeah, right. multiverse Batman or DCEU Batman right. be preferred. Uh, um, the one you give your phone number guys, to. Right, exactly. Guys, we got to get going because I know that you need to be over on BEV in a couple of minutes, so I'm going to go flip you guys over there and we'll talk to you. Uh, Craig, when do you think we're going to actually have uh, the curator on? Uh, thanks for flipping us off, Rick. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think we should have the uh, curator on here maybe in the next half hour or so, we hope to see. All right. go Kurt Sampson, curator of the Dodge County Historical Society Museum, in to talk about the ghost Story Fest tonight. Oh, yes. Dodge County Historical Society, 730. All right, excellent. Uh, we'll be right back with a look at news. From the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dell Studio, this is today's best music. 95 Radio Team. Thanks to Mike at the Bayside, 100% of the profits will go towards the Radiothon. Call the Bayside for reservations, 887-0505. Lesson learned. Talk, talking about farts, candy corn, and twaddles can win you first place. If only my middle school teachers could see me now. What? what, what? It's the 95X Morning Show. We're going to head over to the Daily Dodge News Center once again and get this local news update for you. Craig Warmbold with a look at news. Fond du Lac County authorities arrested a Michigan man yesterday for driving the wrong way while drunk on Interstate 41. The 61-year-old from Michigan was four times the legal limit when he drove northbound in the southbound lanes of I-41 from the Dodge Fond du Lac County line around 2 a.m. He eventually stopped after crashing into a squad car that was positioned to slow down his vehicle. The Wisconsin State Patrol is investigating. There were no injuries reported. 
The Beaver Dam Police Department's new mental health officer is already making an impact in the community. The position was created to better focus on the mental health of people the agency serves. Officer Carolyn Dean was tabbed to fill the role. A worker with the Dodge County Human Services Crisis Center recently contacted Dean to report a person at the Beaver Dam Hospital struggling with a mental health crisis. Dean says she talked with the individual to see what they needed and conducted a risk assessment. She says she was able to rely on important information and relay that back to the crisis center and develop a safety plan that was appropriate for that person. The department hopes to expand that role in the future. A fundraiser will be held this weekend for a 22-year-old college student from Waupun who's in need of a new kidney. Eric Warnke diagnosed with end-stage kidney failure. The fundraiser will be held tomorrow, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Thirsty Beaver in Beaver Dam. The event includes silent auctions, uh, food, a 50-50 raffle. More information and updates can be found on Eric's Facebook page, A Kidney for Eric. You'll find a link with this news story at DailyDodge.com. I'm Craig Warmbold reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. Submit your news tips at DailyDodge.com. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. We are very, very blessed to live in an area that has such wonderful people, you know, helping us out every year with the Good Karma Brands, uh, John Moser Children's Radiothon, all the great fundraisers that go on, and all the great local businesses that we have that are helping people out and, of course, providing great service and great products. You know, it was a great... Great find for us to end up with a great bakery in downtown Beaver Dam. And I'm talking about a great harvest bakery. Great Harvest Bakery and Cafe um, is one of those places that is a destination. And the reason I say that is people come to visit you in this area, whether you live in Beaver Dam or Fox Lake or Columbus or whatever. And you want to take them and show them things, right? Like, oh, over here's our park, and over here's our this. Great Harvest Bakery has become one of those destinations that people are taking friends and relatives to when they come to town because of how great it is. I mean, when you are a destination, when you're a bakery and you become a destination for people, that says something. During the month of June, you can really, really score some really tasty treats. How about some of the great breads that they're doing during the month of June? Now, remember, every one of the breads that they do, there are breads that are everyday breads, like the honey whole wheat, the sourdough, the Dakota, and those great pepperoni rolls. But then there are also specialty breads that they do on certain days. For example, if you want to try something that is unbelievable, try the apple cherry pecan bread, which they're doing on Wednesdays. Sweetened cherries, succulent apples, crunchy pecans harmonize perfectly with their honey whole wheat bread. The bread is absolutely to die for. And I'll tell you what, you put some cream cheese on there, a little butter, and you are living large. You can also try the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday cinnamon chip and monkey bread. How about the cracked pepper parmesan on Thursday? The white chocolate cherry swirl every Friday. And all summer long, why not pick up some real good hamburger buns? And the sandwich of the month, back for another month because of the huge success, is the roasted pepper chipotle cheesesteak. Now, they've got breakfast sandwiches, they've got lunch sandwiches, and overall, the bakery is just, well, let's put it this way. People are coming to town just to try the bakery. Great Harvest Bakery, downtown Beaverdam, and remember... 
Really important thing. They've got a, a calendar that you can actually download, a schedule of when all of their treats are made. Their different breads, their muffins, their cookies, all those wonderful things. Make sure you check it out so that you know on whatever given day you go down there, you're going to be in line for some great bakery at Great Harvest. From the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dell Studio, this is today's best music, 95X. Save big on your next lawn and... on your mind. I have some news I want to share. Want to hear it? Yeah, it kind of depends what the news is. Is it good news? Good news. Great, good news. That's good news. Great. That is good news. Good news. Let's hear it. All right, got a couple of interesting stories for you today in the world of good news. Maggie Grout started the NGO Thinking Huts as a teenager with the aim, this is an interesting one, of 3D printing schools in countries where some children can't get an education because there aren't enough schools. She's now 22 years old. You heard right. She's now 22 years old. And she just printed her first school in Madagascar, which is now only the second 3D printed school in the entire world. How? how what? How does this work? Well, it costs $300,000. It took three weeks to build once the printer was set up and running. But the actual print time was only 18 hours. The next one, she says, will go up faster. The pilot school built at a university in Fanaratosa will allow 30 undergraduate students between the ages of 17 and 24 to study there. Maggie, who was born in a poor village in China and adopted by American parents at 18 months old, plans to print a village school in a different part of Madagascar next year. One in five children there do not attend primary school because of a shortage of schools. Now, you're you're asking, 3D printing a school. What? Yeah, it's done, I, I believe it's done with concrete and rebar. And basically, they have a big, literally a big, 3D printer that sets up on a grid and they feed the computer program to it and it's hooked up to cement instead of ink and it lays down the cement and it th- 18 hours they made a school that's unbelievable well a stately graystone building used to be a retirement home for nuns in Montreal, Canada but in December of 2019 that stately nun retreat was sold to Shapem. Now, what's Shapem? Well, they are a nonprofit organization that creates and manages inclusive, sustainable community housing. The building that was a home for nuns will now house people with low incomes, the elderly. It'll have a daycare. They will gut the building to create about 80 units of affordable housing and turn the large yard into a community park. Shapem is one of about a dozen organizations in Montreal working to keep housing affordable that together have either bought or built, are you ready for this number? Almost 24,000 
housing units over the last 30 years. And they're planning on building another 6,200, which would bring it to about 30,000 units. But they say the the need is still really big. Montreal, there still is about 40,000 people on a waiting list for social or affordable housing. But at least somebody's doing something about it. And this organization, Shapem, is literally putting their money where their mouth is by going out and buying all these buildings and then redoing them and making it happen. It's a pretty darn cool thing. All right, that is a look this morning at some good news. We're going to be going back down to the uh, Historical Society coming up in a little bit. But right now, Wade's in with a look at sports. In sports, the Beaverdam baseball team won the regional championship 4-2 to over Nina yesterday at the BDHS Diamond. The Golden Beavers head to Oshkosh for a sectional semifinal matchup with West Bend West on Tuesday, a game you can watch on Daily Dodge TV. Horicon softball team going to state, edging number one ranked by Basketball 3-2 yesterday over in Horicon. Soccer regional semifinals. Winners in the area included Wapan, Columbus, and Houston Dodgeland. The state track and field meet going on today and tomorrow in lacrosse. You can see the full prep scoreboard in the sports tab at dailydodge.com. Andrew McCutcheon's walk-off single in the bottom of the ninth. The capped a 4-1 rally. The Brewers stunned the Padres 5-4 to American Family Field last night. That series continues tonight, 6.35, the broadcast time on WBEV. The Packers stunned the Golden State Warriors on the road in Game 1 of the NBA Finals, 120-108. The Packers wrap up Week 2 of organized team activities today. That is your DailyDodge.com Sports Update. I'm Wade Bates. It is three minutes after 8 o'clock, and in case you're wondering, what the heck is going on here? Where is Thomas? Where is Craig? Where? Well, where's Sherry? Where's Ninja? Where is the whole crew? Well, the bulk of them stayed the night at the Dodge County Historical Society and so far this morning have been regaling us with all kinds of crazy antics that happened overnight. Boy, I'll tell you what, it sounds like it is one big party going on down there. I swear... It's, it looks like... I, I, yeah, that's right. We are here at the Dodge County Historical Society Museum, Rick. Uh, Ninja, Thomas, Kyra, myself, we're joined by the curator of the museum. Kurt Sampson is here. Uh, here as he gets ready for a big day, you've got the uh, the Ghost Story Festival going on tonight at 7.30 in the, uh, in the uh, stage that you built right out uh, between the chamber and the uh, this old this building built in 1891. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun things happening today. As I understand it, talking to uh, talking to Pat Lutz uh, with the Historical Society Board, uh, the kind of the idea for this Ghost Story Festival just came from Christmas parties that you guys would have that would suddenly evolve into sharing stories about weird things that have happened in this building. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there have been several uh, board members on our, our board of directors here at the museum that have experienced uh, unusual things in the building over the years. And uh, yeah, when oftentimes when we're sitting around, not, not only at Christmas, but even during our monthly board meetings, uh, we have uh, additional stories that crop up of strange things that happen to people. And usually, you know, they're just minor things, you know, people getting creeped out or hearing unusual noises or something like that. But you were telling us about a few that you've heard sounds uh, working in your office. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I would say the first time that anything happened to me actually didn't happen to me until about two years after I was working here. So I was here for a few years before things started 
that I started noticing things. And uh, several years ago, we had a, uh, a, a presentation here by some gentlemen that were talking about cooperages in um, uh, the Madison area that used to supply barrels to uh, Beaver Dam's brewery industry back in the day. And they, uh, we were here late at night. Uh, the, the, the lecture was at like 7.30. So I was here till about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. And being the curator, I'm usually the last one that gets stuck in the building having to go around and turn off all the lights and shut down the building and things. And, and uh, one night I was sitting at my desk uh, in the archival room here, and right above my desk is, if, you, if you're on the second floor, that's where the military display is. Mm -hmm. And one night I was sitting at my desk, and uh, just about to walk out the back door. I usually walk out the back fire escape door on the east side of the building. Yeah. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, very distinctly, it sounded like somebody dropped a very heavy, uh, like old-fashioned type dictionary book on the floor right above my desk, like bam, really loud. I mean, unmistakable bang sound. And uh, so, of course, that got my attention. And, and my first thought well, was that uh, somebody was still here. Somebody was upstairs. Uh, most people had left about maybe 15, 20 minutes prior to that. But I was thinking, well, there's got to be somebody upstairs. So I had all the lights off on the building. And I didn't think much of it at first. I thought, well, somebody's up there, right? Yeah. So I went to the bottom of the stairs over here. And I yelled up the stairs. I'm a little creeped out, you know, because I'm thinking, well, something's going on, right? And I yell up the stairs. I'm like, hey, you know, you know, we're closed now. You got to come down. The program's over. Come on down. Nothing. So I stood there for a minute. I'm listening, listening. Nothing. And uh, so I yell up again. I'm like, hey, you know, come on down. You know, we're, we're closed. You got to leave. Quit screwing around. Nothing. So I got to go up there, right? And I didn't have a... a a cell phone or anything at the time, you know, and and the lights are all off, so I'm walking up there. And when you go upstairs, the electrical box that turns on the lights is right, up, like right where this one is on the wall, right over here. And so you got to run across the room upstairs to get to the electrical box. <laughs> <laughs> so I get to the top of the stairs and I'm looking in the room, and uh, so I run over to the box, flip the lights on, look to the spot where uh, my desk would have been on the floor above, above, you know. And my first thought was, well, something had to have fallen over, like a mannequin or something. Right. Yeah, you know, there's lots you, of spooky mannequins around here. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah there are some creepy, you know. there are some, there are, you should see some of the ones we have that are in storage. <laughs> we keep them there for a reason. <laughs> and uh, so my, my first thought was, well, something had to have fallen over. And so I walk over to the spot. And nothing is there. Nothing's in that spot that would have fallen over. Now, coincidentally, this is the same exact location that Mary Beth Jacobson, uh, our former curator, claims to have seen the apparition for the first time standing in the same spot where I heard the bang on the floor. So if you know anything about Mary Beth, a, a wonderful person. She's on our board. She was a curator here for about six years before I was. And uh, if you talk to her, she's got some really doozy experiences that have happened to her. But uh, if you know anything about Mary Beth, she's crazy about Christmas, okay? So she, she literally spends hours decorating this building for Christmas. At one time, a few years ago, she literally put up 17 full-size Christmas trees in oh this goodness. building. Wow. That's how crazy she is for Christmas. <laughs> so so you can, stuff here. How could you find room for that? 
yeah. and there was so, only 16 so when one she night, came back the next night. This is kind of a funny, this is one of the funniest story that we have, okay? So one night, this is about four, maybe five years ago now that this happened. She was here late at night upstairs, uh, and her husband was here. And uh, at the time, unfortunately, he was going through cancer treatment, and he got tired easily, so he had to leave. And she was left here by herself, and it was about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And she was upstairs, and she had all the lights on in the building, and the, and the, and the front door was open. And uh, she was just about to leave. So she's walking over to the electrical box, and she's just about to turn the lights off upstairs. And she said she got that feeling that the building was getting heavy and, and kind of weird. And uh, she... Uh, all of a sudden felt that she was not alone upstairs and she turned around and right where I heard the bang is where she claims that she saw this apparition of a woman just momentarily standing there looking at her in Victorian period garb and then it just kind of faded away really quickly. Well, she got so scared that she literally ran out of this building, left all the lights on uh, and the door open. So I'm sitting at home, and about 11.30 at night, the police department next door calls me at home. And they're like, are you in the building right now? And I'm like, well, no. I'm, uh, I said, it's like 11.30, 12 o'clock at night, I'm at home. And the dispatch says, well, we have two officers at the building and all the lights are on and the doors are open and there's nobody there. And I didn't and, and I didn't know that Mary Beth had stayed here late that night to do that decorating. Yeah. You know cuz she has a key cuz she's a board member. She can get into the building. And I said, "Well, I don't know why the lights are on and the doors are open, but I, I had to tell the officers how to go in and turn the lights off, and they checked the building to make sure nobody was here." Well, the next morning at 8 o'clock when I got here in the morning, the phone rings right at 8 o'clock. And it's Mary Beth. And she tells me what happened. And she's like, well, I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. And I just ran out of the building. And I'm like, well, you can't, you can't leave the building open, you know, right. and the lights on. And she's like, well, that's how scared she was. She just boogied out of here, and that was it. She was gone. I was and, kind of hoping uh, for a moment like that yeah. last night, and uh, we didn't quite get that. It is kind of interesting, though, because when we had the EMF reader upstairs, it was that part right on the wall of the military exhibit where we got any sort of reading. Everywhere yeah. else in the room was pretty much dead except for that wall, like right over your office. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the, the paranormal research uh, uh, guys that were here from uh, Wisconsin Paranormal that that have come here to examine the building on a couple of occasions. Now, their leader is a guy named Howard, and he claims to be a medium. And, uh, you know, he was telling us right off the bat as soon as he walked in here that he was feeling certain things and that he, he believes that there are actually multiple spirits that are here. And uh, he also was telling us about how he believes that uh, certain objects, historical objects, if you will, that we have in the museum here uh, have uh, potential to have... Uh, spirit attachment to them or mm -hmm. residual energy and you know we have a lot of things in this building that are quite old things from uh you know some episodes of human history that are not so great like you know mm -hmm. uh world war one world war two you know things like that uh native american objects upstairs that might have come from burial context or something like that so there are objects here that uh, he believed that uh, have potential to have that type of attachment to it, 
one of the EVPs that they caught uh, was of a man that was caught over by the car, the Ram, the 1902 Rambler over here, and that was owned by uh, uh, J.S. Rowell's uh, son, Samuel Rowell. And the, the EVP that they interestingly caught over there uh, was a man that said the name uh, uh, Joni or something like that. Sounded like Joni. Well, we were thinking, we're, we're, who is Joni, right? Yeah. Well, the longtime curator here for many, many years was Joanne Wells. And it sounded like this voice said something like, well, where's Joni or something like that. And uh, they actually caught what they thought was an apparition of a small boy that coincidentally was standing exactly where that mannequin is right there. Another and spooky th mannequin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly where I saw the, 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 this what looked like a small black shadow figure and the weird thing about it was it always happens in the morning before noon so i would get here about about this time you know about eight nine o'clock in the morning and i'd be sitting at my desk right there and it always happened i've seen it four times now and it always happens when i uh, like when i totally least expect it i'll be sitting there just doing something mundane or uh, one time i was on the telephone and i just happened to kind of glance up and I saw it, and, I, and you see it for like a split second, it's there, and then it's just gone. It's really weird. And it's weird when you see it because there's no mistaking it. It's like black as black can be. And it's only about maybe this tall, the, yeah, the one that I've seen. Foot or so. so maybe it's this small boy that this apparition that they saw. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The, when, when you look at the apparition on the film, that they actually caught this on, on, on film. And it looks like a small boy that is wearing knickers, like you would see these boys wear, like in the Victorian era, kind of, you know. Yeah. And he had, and, and like with a jacket, you know, and he had like, it almost looks like he's wearing almost like a derby cap or something. Hmm. And it's real faint, and, and but you can distinctly kind of make it out when you see the photograph of it. And it happened to be, it was right in this area right here where they captured it the first time. And that's coincidentally where I've seen the black shadow figure a couple of times, right in this area here. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really hard to describe. And, and the, first, the first time, it didn't really freak me out because I was kind of like, well, what the heck, you know, what the heck was that? But then I started thinking about, well, what could that have been? Right. You know, you know? And then I saw it again, and then the second time is when I got freaked out. And I was like, whoa. And then, then, then I knew something was going on. And then let me tell you the story about the, the voices that I've heard. Are we still good? Yes. Yeah, We're yeah. still good. Okay. So one time, uh, this was several years ago, uh, my daughter is uh, 23 years old now. And her name is Emma. And one time she came to work with me on a Saturday because my parents used to live up in Oshkosh. And sometimes on a Saturday I would bring her to work with me for uh, three or four hours. And she'd hang out. And then we would drive from here up to Oshkosh to go uh, see my parents. Because I live in Wauwatosa. I commute up here to run the museum. And uh, one day we were here, and it was in February. I'll never forget it. And, you know, it gets dark by 4.30, 5 o'clock. And I had to stay here a little bit late for some reason. It was about 5 o'clock, and it was already dark. And uh, we were just about to leave to go out to the back door. And my daughter was sitting behind my desk at that long table right there behind the desk. And she was coloring or something. And she was probably about 8 years old, I'm guessing, at the time. 
and both of us are are extremely hard of hearing, right? And my daughter actually wore hearing aids uh, most of her life, like through school and college and stuff. And all of a sudden, we both very distinctly heard a woman's voice say something to us. And it, and it sounds kind of corny, but it sounded kind of like this. It was kind of like a low, monotone kind of mumble. It was kind of like, it was kind of like, uh, who, who are you? Like kind of like that, like really low. And I was sitting there, and I thought, I heard it. And then all of a sudden, my daughter says to me, she goes, Daddy, did you hear that woman's voice? And I was like, yeah, I think I did. And it came from right out here. And before, we, before COVID hit and before we did all the exhibit renovations and everything, the, the librarian desk over there used to be right here, if you remember. Sure. Yeah. And we decided to move it over there to open this space up so we could use this for public program. Well, the woman's voice came from right outside my door, right around, it sounded like it came from right out here where the desk was, the librarian desk. Back when it was the Williams Free Library. Was the library, yeah. Wow. So is it, was it Hattie? I don't know. But, it, but so then about two years later, I heard the voice again. And this time I heard it in the Swan Room here, which was uh, this room right here, if you don't know this, this room right over here, the swan, what we call the swan room, which, which has the Victorian furniture in it from the swan house. Yeah, right. Uh, this used to be the librarian's uh, office and living quarters. Right. And back in the Victorian era, in the 1890s, the, the librarian used to live in this building. And they had to be here because of the old boiler systems and things. They didn't want the building to burn down. Right. So right. in the back of this room here, if you go to the far back right corner, there's a bathroom right there, a small bathroom. And uh, one day, it was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, in a bright, sunny July day, nobody was here. About 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'd go to the bathroom. <laughs> so I'm walking back here to go to the bathroom. And right before I put my hand on the door, I very distinctly heard a woman say, who are you? And it sounded like it came from the, like, right by the door here. And I turned around, looking back towards this door. I thought somebody was there. Right, right. yeah. And so I didn't see anybody by in the room or by the door here. So I walked back out here, and I'm looking out in this area, and I'm looking around. Didn't see anybody. And it's stories like these that yeah. you're going to hear at the Ghost Story Festival, <laughs> uh, which is uh, tonight at 7.30, right outside the Dodge County Historical Society Museum, between the chamber and the museum, uh, family-friendly Bring a lawn chair. Right. Bring a blanket. There's going to be popcorn. Oh, I, could, I could honestly listen to an hour more of these stories. And what we yeah. didn't mention, we do have to go to break, unfortunately, is we had a weird experience last night. It was Sherry and Kyra, and they were standing exactly where you are saying when they heard what they thought was... Like a, like the sound of a, like a fire escape ladder being pulled down loudly. Not to mention, um, when me and him first got here, you started setting up equipment, and I very clearly heard a woman like yell. Not like in pain or in danger yell just kind of like a monotone ah dun 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 ghost stories festival tonight dodge county historical society museum ninja kyra thomas craig and museum curator kurt sampson 
Live from the Dodge County Historical Society Museum. Back to you, Rick. Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. That 10 minutes right there, way more compelling than the last two hours of... (laughs) We tried to get him to spend the night with us. Yeah, that would have been way better. Spend the night here, it sounds like. (laughs) I I just like hearing you guys freaked out. All right. Uh, Folks, if you're looking for something really fun to do this weekend, check out all the cool happenings at Ho-Chunk Wisconsin Dells. Not just this weekend, but every weekend. They've got all kinds of fun things going on. Trace Adkins will be there next weekend. Uh, they've got uh, several big-name acts that will be appearing that tickets are available for. And don't forget the 24th. The 24th is the day of the big vehicle giveaway. They're giving around, away that brand-new Silverado pickup on the 24th. So make sure you head on over to Ho-Chunk, Wisconsin Dells for all of the fun things that are taking place. We will be checking news coming up next. From the Ho-Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin Dells studio, this is today. Best music. 95. The only way to wake up. Morning awesomeness. The best music. Music up the windows down. On 95X. Our weather is coming up next. Brought to you by McKinstry's. We've heard all these spooky stories so far today, but... Jennifer, it doesn't sound like any spooky weather is going to be coming in that we're going to really have to worry about over the next several days. You said, in fact, today is going to be a perfect way to cap off a week, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful day today. We're looking at sunny skies, highs into the low 70s. Definitely one to take advantage of. Um, as we are looking at a little bit of a gloomier weekend ahead, so it could actually be pretty spooky. Depends on how you look at it. Um, tonight, we'll see mostly clear skies. Overnight lows around about 46. 64 tomorrow to start off the weekend on Saturday. Slight chance for rain showers with cloudy skies. Sunday, a chance for rain. Cloudy high around 68. Monday, looks like another chance for rain showers. Cloudy high of 70 degrees. Then Tuesday, a slight chance for rain. A high around 71. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vuchitsky. This is five random facts. Let's spin the random wheel of topics. Yeah, he's just saying random words. On the 95X Morning Show. All right, let's get to your five random facts today. Random fact number one. There are more people in the UK than there are in Canada, Australia, Norway, Iceland, all combined. Oh, my goodness. The U.K. population is 65 million. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> and you think about the land space, Jennifer, mm-hmm. with Canada, Australia, Norway, and Iceland. You think about the amount of territory there is. That just just means that there's a lot of territory where nobody is living. Yeah, that's absolutely nuts. Like, I mean, really, really thinking about it, I guess it kind of makes sense. But, like, just seeing how small the U.K. is, it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Have you ever been to the U.K.? No, it's definitely on my list of places to go. Yeah, we were were there uh, back in 2004. We took in, um, you know, good portion of the country of... uh, Great Britain, we took mm-hmm. in, you know, spent several days in London, and then we ventured out to, you know, the attractions like the castles and, the, and Stonehenge, made it over to Wales for one day, uh, that was interesting, and then up to Scotland for a couple of days, uh, but, you know, when you're in London, it just, it feels like you're just in a big city, I mean, that, that, nothing different. Yeah. Easy to get around in with the tube? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's what I've heard. I uh, I love like New York City. Mm-hmm. I love getting around in New York City because it's easy. People are like, well, wait a second. What do you mean? It's, there's so many people. I'm like, yeah, but you go on the subway. You go on the trains. Yeah, as long as you're not driving. Right. Yeah, we drove in. When we drove into New York City, we literally were on the Upper East Side. And we drove to where our, our apartment was, our Airbnb, for mm-hmm. like four days or whatever it was. And that was the most harrowing experience of the trip because it's such a congested city and, you know, you don't know where you're going, so you're following Google Maps. And luckily, I mean, I'll tell you what, Jennifer, the luckiest thing anybody's ever experienced, we pull up to our apartment building and we were in a, we were on the street in a no parking zone and my wife was going to move. And I said, no, 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 don't move, don't move, don't move. And she's like, what are you yelling at me for? And I said, seriously, just don't move, just don't move. I saw somebody that was directly in front of us getting into their vehicle. Nice. And as they pulled out, I'm like to my wife, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up. And I'm like yelling at her because I didn't want somebody else to get the spot. We left our van parked in front of our Airbnb the entire time yeah. we were in New York. That's awesome. Yeah, except for the day we left was the day that you they they have alternate parking on the streets for garbage collection. Oh yeah. For garbage collection. Mm-hmm. So on the day that we left, I had to go out and move the vehicle. I literally drove it around I waited for the street cleaner. I drove around the block and parked right back in my same spot. (laughs) There you go. All right. Uh, Random fact number two. It would take only take 98 people to form and populate a completely new colony on another planet. Wow. How many? 98 people. Okay. All right. Uh, Not going to be me. Not going to be me. Uh, Random (laughs) fact number three. The shortest international commercial flight is between the Caribbean islands. Of St. Martin and Antigua. It is 10 minutes long, but it is technically an international flight. Hmm. I love that kind of stuff, man. I yeah. love that kind of stuff. And uh, let's see once. So what else we got? I wonder here? if you still have to be at the airport, you know, like Tw- two hours, hours early. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, the largest cast iron statue in the world is a statue of Vulcan. The Roman god of fire. And believe it or not, it is in Birmingham, Alabama. It was made for the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis. It weighs 100,000 pounds. Have no idea how it ended up in Alabama, but it's there. And lastly, (laughs) the biggest American city in Sitka... I'm sorry. The biggest American city in America is Sitka, Alaska. Now, you're going, what? Well, we're talking about square miles. Sure. Sitka, Alaska is 2,870 square miles, which makes it twice the size of Rhode Island. And by the way, in case you're wondering, Jennifer, Mm -hmm. it only has 9,000 people living there. Yeah, I believe that's the town that's uh, the main focus in the movie The Proposal. It is absolutely the mm-hmm. town from The Proposal. Sitka, Alaska. Looks like kind of a nice place to visit. Maybe wouldn't, want, maybe wouldn't want to live there, but a nice place to visit. <laughs> couldn't do it, Jennifer. Couldn't do it. Nope.
Yeah, not at all. All right. Well, I know that you've got some uh, outdoor plans going on this weekend. I hope the weather holds out for you. Thanks very much. Yep, you and you as well. All right. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, you too. All right. There's Jennifer with a look at the weather forecast today. From the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dell Studio, this is today's best music, 95X. Weather was brought to you by McKinstry's Home Furnishings. You can find us on Facebook. Glass and Improvement. Wake up with 95X. Good morning, boys and girls. Hello. Wake up. Welcome, y'all. Yeah. Today's best music, 95X. Our news today is being brought to you by Hometown Glass and Improvement. Call them today for a free estimate at 920-887-3757. Craig is in now with a look at news. Wendell County authorities arrested a Michigan man yesterday for driving the wrong way while drunk on Interstate 41. The 61-year-old from Michigan was four times the legal limit when he drove northbound in the southbound lanes of I-41 from the Dodge Fond du Lac County line around 2 a.m. He eventually stopped after crashing into a squad car that was positioned to slow down his vehicle. The Wisconsin State Patrol is investigating. There were no injuries reported. The Beaverdam Police Department's new mental health officer is already making an impact in the community. The position was created to better focus on the mental health of people the agency serves. Officer Carolyn Dean was tabbed to fill the role. A worker with the Dodge County Human Services Crisis Center recently contacted Dean to report a person at the Beaverdam Hospital struggling with a mental health crisis. Dean says she talked with the individual to see what they needed and conducted a risk assessment. She says she was able to rely on important information and relay that back to the crisis center and develop a safety plan that was appropriate for that person. The department hopes to expand that role in the future. A fundraiser will be held this weekend for a 22-year-old college student from Wapan who's in need of a new kidney. Eric Warnke diagnosed with end-stage kidney failure. The fundraiser will be held tomorrow, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Thirsty Beaver in Beaver Dam. The event includes silent auctions, uh, food, a 50-50 raffle. More information and updates can be found on Eric's Facebook page, A Kidney for Eric. You'll find a link with this news story at DailyDodge.com. I'm Craig Warmbold reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. Submit your news tips at DailyDodge.com. And today's news was brought to you by Hometown Glass and Improvement. Uh, visit them online at HometownGlass.com. There are so many reasons why people are heading to Great Harvest Bakery in downtown Beaver Dam. Of course, we mentioned the fact that it has become a real destination for people. When people come to visit, Hey, let's go to Great Harvest Bakery. Well, did you know that every single day of the week they do something different when it comes to making different treats? For example, um, scones. Scones are something that they have perfected to the point where they might want to patent them down at Great Harvest Bakery. They're that good. And every day of the week you can find something different. For example, 
Raspberry cream cheese scones are there Mondays and Thursdays. Cinnamon chip, Tuesdays and Fridays. Blueberry cream cheese, Wednesdays and Saturdays. And then, of course, they've got a baker's choice of scones on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They've got various flavors of muffins, tea cakes, and 8 by 8 cakes. And you can check the schedule to see what they've got out there. How about great cookies of the day? You bet. Today is a day that you can get snickerdoodles and the classic chocolate chip cookie. And maybe even the red, white, and blueberries. How about bars? Well, everybody loves a good toffee square, and that's what you'll get today and tomorrow at Great Harvest Bakery. They actually have this schedule that you can view online. So you can see exactly what they're making on any given day. Remember that with any in-store purchase, you can get free coffee every morning until 10 a.m. So treat yourself to a breakfast sandwich or a fresh muffin or scone and get a cup of Collectivo coffee on them till 10 a.m., each and every morning. Bread, bread, and more bread. You know that the bread is what makes everything stand out at Great Harvest Bakery. And check out their schedule for their great June breads. The sandwich of the month, of course, continues to be that unbelievable roasted pepper chipotle cheesesteak. Everything is fresh, everything is tasty, and everything is great at Great Harvest Bakery in downtown Beaverdam. From the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dell Studio, this is today's best music, 95X. Check out the latest weather conditions and cancellations at DailyDodge.com. Brought to you by Surefire. It's time to get cooking. Fleet Farm has the top outdoor cooking brands and products you're looking for. Check out our huge selection of pellet, gas, or charcoal grills from the best brands. Plus, get free assembly on all grills, $99 people. <laughs> today's best music, 95X. Time for today's day in history. We are making history here, people. We're making history. You are on the wrong side of history, my friend. You guys ready to make history? On the 95X Morning Show. Boy, I'll tell you what. I love when you see a fact like this, and it's like, wow, simpler times. So 222 years ago, that takes us back to the year of 1800. John Adams... President John Adams moved to Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, when he got to Washington, D.C., realized that the White House was not finished yet. So what's a president to do when the house that you're supposed to live in isn't done? He moved into a room above a local tavern. That's right. The President of the United States moved into a room above a tavern. And that's where he lived. I don't know. It doesn't say how long. But wow. 134 years ago, the year was 1888, and the poem Casey at the Bat was first published. Ernest Lawrence Thaler was the guy that gave us that one. He earned $5. 85 years ago, the year was... 1937, and when a man falls in love with a woman, nothing's going to get in the way. Even if the man is a king and the woman is a commoner. The Duke of Windsor married Wallace Warfield Simpson. He was King Edward VIII of England, but he had to give up the throne in order to marry her. I think David was his real name. 
if I recall. At least that was his name in the throne. Uh, 76 years ago, the year was 1946, Jacques Heim, a French fashion designer, debuted a very scandalous new piece of clothing. Ooh. And he named it after a bunch of islands where they were testing out the atomic bomb. It was the Bikini Atoll, and he called his brand new two-piece swimsuit the Bikini. Yep. Uh, 67 years ago, The Seven Year Itch was released in New York starring Marilyn Monroe in that famous subway vent scene. 34 years ago, 1988, Tom Hanks' comedy Big was released. Oh, yeah, I remember this one. Back in 1992, on this day in history, 30 years ago, Bill Clinton was on the Arsenio Hall show playing his saxophone. That kind of turned on a lot of young voters and really had a positive effect on his run for president. Uh, 21 years ago today, Tina Fey got married to Jeff Richmond. 16 years ago, Casey Affleck married Joaquin Phoenix, little sister Summer, but they divorced in 2017. Uh, 13 years ago today, David Carradine was found dead in a hotel room. Rue McClanahan passed away 12 years ago at the age of 76. And Muhammad Ali passed away six years ago at the age of 74. Famous people celebrating birthdays today. We got a few of them. Rafael Nadal, the tennis superstar. He beat Roger Federer 10 of 14 times in Grand Slam matches. He's 36 today. Anderson Cooper celebrating his 55th birthday. Uh, we mentioned this earlier that Denise Williams is 71. Let's hear it for the boy fame. The great Susie Quattro, 72 years old. She appeared on Happy Days as Leather Tuscadero. And in 1978, she had the smash record called Stumbling In. Chuck Barris, the TV genius, developed the dating game, the newlywed game, the gong show. He was born on this day in 1929. Jamie Lee Curtis's dad, Tony, born on this day in 1925. Very cool. Uh, Leonard Skinner, uh, pianist. Billy Powell, born on this day in 1952. Here's a name from the past. Uh, Maurice Evans, born on this day in 1901, lived all the way to 1989. What made Maurice Evans famous is... He played the orangutan in the Planet of the Apes movie and beneath the Planet of the Apes. And for those of you that are old enough to remember, he played Samantha's father, Maurice, on Bewitched. Wow! I didn't know that was the same dude! That's insane! Today, by the way, is National Donut Day. So go out there and make it a great National Donut Day. Hey, there's a big hiring event that's taking place tomorrow that we want to make sure we, we mention to you folks. It is at Wispack in Watertown. Now, Wispack produces uh, Mountain Dew products and their own brands like Bubbler. So they're a big company, but they are loaded with a great atmosphere. Now, here's what they're hiring for. They are looking for weekend and summer production positions. They're looking for traditional third shift positions in maintenance and warehouse. Their employees 
Well, they get some great benefits, like discounted products, a generous time-off policy, free uniforms, quarterly bonuses, profit-sharing, and so much more. Starting pay, believe it or not, $19 an hour plus shift premiums. The event is taking place at Wispac in Watertown tomorrow, 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. You can learn more by going to wispac.com. That's W I S hyphen P A K dot com. Wispac.com. Their Watertown facility tomorrow, 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. with that Wispac job fair opportunity. That is one that you'll want to partake in. From the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dell Studio, this is today's best music, 95X. Get me out of bed in the morning. I listen to Joe when I'm driving to work. Takes the stress away. Hello, good morning, good morning. On 95X. Going to wrap things up with our Kicking a Classic coming up in a couple of minutes. But first, we're going to head back down to the uh, Dodge County Historical Society building where the guys camped out all night long, did not really have any ghostly encounters, but we do know that there have been some there in the past. All right, Craig, Thomas, and Ninja, go ahead, wrap her up for us. And we're here with museum curator Kurt Sampson in advance of the Ghost Story Festival that's coming up tonight at 7.30 right outside the museum. And, you know, we did spend the night here, and we've got some things that we were able to debunk and a few that we weren't really quite able to debunk. Uh, One that we didn't even mention earlier, Rick, which was something that happened when we were in the basement. Yeah, and it was one of those things where in passing it was probably easy to kind of put off as maybe I'm just seeing things. And that can happen because you don't always know all the stories of everything that's going on. And in my case, I wasn't influenced by any stories coming into this so i didn't have you know that information to kind of sway my thinking but we were all walking down to the basement as a group and we were walking from a section where it was dark into the monarch section of the basement which was lit up so we were not casting any shadows into that space but i saw a shadow on the wall as we were walking in that direction so something inside that space or something in the doorway would have had to be casting that shadow and I made a comment of it at the time to everybody that was there that I had saw it, but it couldn't have been any of us. And I, I think we all kind of passed it off as uh, maybe ninja seeing things. But now we hear this is not uncommon. Yeah, and uh, the same thing happened to me uh, just a couple of days ago. I was giving a tour to Jessica, who's going to be one of our ghost storytellers tonight. Uh, she had ca- uh, come to check out the building a couple days ago in the stage area in the back. And uh, her and I were walking downstairs and had almost the exact same experience. Where, uh, But it was a little different where I turned down the lights in the middle room, but the lights in the monarch room, which is the back room, were still off. But there's a little bit of light that filters from the back side of the building, building in there. And we got to about the middle of the, the middle room where the tools are there. And I looked into the monarch room, and off to the right near the entrance, it looked like there was some type of a very distinct, really dark black shadow there. And it was big. I mean, the size of a, a, you know, a, a man, basically, standing right. there. And I saw it, and I, it instantly stopped me in my tracks and freaked me out. And I, and I said to Jessica, I'm like, did you see that? 
And she's like, I thought I saw something, somebody standing there or something. And then she, then she thought I was trying to creep her out, you know, because she's coming here to. <laughs> and I was telling her other ghost stories before we went downstairs, you know, because we had walked around the building at that point for a good half hour, and uh, she, she was under the impression that I was just trying to freak her out, but I wasn't. And I looked right at her. I'm like, I'm telling you, I. I am not trying to creep you out. I thought I saw a, a very dark shadowed figure standing there. And uh, I've seen it on, on um, a number of occasions in the museum where we have a what, what's called a black shadow figure that, uh, and, and it always happens when, you're, when, you're, when you least expect it. You know, you'll be doing something in the museum, uh, you know, just minding your own business, going about your job, and all of a sudden, you know, you get that feeling where the hairs on your back of your neck stand up, and you just happen to look up, and you see this black shadow, and it's there momentarily, and then it's just kind of gone. It's really it, strange. And, and we wound up kind of corrobor uh, corroborating another story that we didn't quite know what to make of, too. Yeah, so we were kind of thinking we were going to debunk this with piping issues or something, but Sherry and Kyra were in... Hattie's, uh, what was it, her quarters in her office near what would have been her bathroom, and they heard a, a sound that none of the rest of us heard mm. that they described as being like a fire escape ladder being pulled down, like a loud clanging metal y kind of sound. And we, like I said, we thought pipes, right? It's got to be pipes. Yeah. But apparently, no, and other people have heard that sound as well. Well, yeah, and one of our, our board members, Steve Hankus, was uh, in the building a couple months ago with his wife. Uh, they were skeptical of the uh, paranormal activity that was happening here, and they asked if they could spend an evening here from about 7 at night to about midnight, uh, where they actually brought in food and cards and just decided to sit here and see if they could feel the demeanor change and experience anything. And Steve was in the swan room, or Hattie's, Hattie's room as we call it, and uh, experienced the exact same thing that he just described, uh, of, of hearing this metallic kind of clanking sound and uh, seemed to be disembodied, if you will, wasn't coming from any particular spot or, or source, but they heard it. And of course, they, they thought to go upstairs to see what might have been upstairs above that room, which coincidentally is the, uh, the uh, one-room schoolhouse that we mm -hmm. have. And there isn't anything in that one-room schoolhouse that would make that kind of noise. It's just nothing, nothing but a bunch of old books and uh, you know, uh, children's uh, desks and things like that. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Have you heard anything weird here? Well, you know, the thing about it, I was, you know, when we were talking on break, um, I've been here for uh, going on 15 and a half years now, and I have never heard anything like that, especially in the Swan Room. I, yeah. I mean, I've heard. Uh, various other sounds in here over the years, but nothing like that. Well, like what other kind of sounds? Like well, you know, some of the weird, one of the weird things that happened to me. Uh, one of the other first experiences I had that sitting at my desk one night late after we had a presentation here. It's about nine thirty at night, uh, and I was here by myself. And in the archives room where my desk is, I heard a very loud bang in the ceiling above me. That sounded like somebody took a big old fashioned dictionary and just went bang right on the floor. And of course. Uh, we had had people in the we had about 30 or 40 people in the building about 15 minutes before that so my first thought was that somebody was still in the building somebody had to be up there so i went up there uh, looking around for the source of this sound nothing i didn't see it i thought maybe a mannequin fell over or something have you heard nothing any? but bare floor space right where the sound came from have you heard any voices here 
I've heard voices too. I've heard uh, on a couple of occasions a woman's voice very distinctly uh, say something to us. and uh, To us? Well, to one time to my daughter and I when my daughter heard it, she was about eight years old. And another time when I was here by myself, uh, very distinctly heard a woman's voice say, who are you, asking me who I was. And uh, came in Hattie's room, same room where he had the experience of hearing that sound. And, uh, you know, you would think if, if Hattie didn't know who I was, you know, and if I was in her room, <laughs> you know, she would say, who are you, you know? And your daughter heard it. And my daughter was eight years old and very distinctly heard a voice in, in here, a disembodied voice that we both heard. Well, I think, well, speaking about Hattie, I think all of us were pretty shocked to hear about uh, what had eventually happened to Hattie. Well, eventually, a lot of people don't know this, but Hattie Doolittle, the, the librarian, a longtime librarian here, uh, she actually died in this building. Uh, she was found deceased in this building, I think it was in 1952, I want to say. Uh, and, and she was found by a city worker that takes care of the property outside, the, the parks department takes care of the uh, lawn outside. And uh, the, the city worker noticed that the library was not open when it was supposed to be. And there were people outside wondering what was going on. So he keyed into the building, and they found Hattie deceased on the floor like she had had a heart attack or something. So, yeah, she, she actually died in the building. And so that's one of the reasons why a lot of people think that maybe her spirit is still here and watching over the, uh, the library still after all these years. And some people said they've seen apparitions of her and, in the building and the apparition that has been seen by mary beth jacobson on a couple of occasions and even by uh stephanie barnett um uh we believe looks like an apparition or they they describe it as a an apparition that looks like a woman that looks like hattie that's in period victorian wear of those old-fashioned dresses and that they see this woman just kind of standing there momentarily momentarily and then just kind of Whists away. Yeah. And these are the types of stories that you could hear tonight at the Ghost Story Festival. And in fact, Lori Brooks has kind of weaved stories, uh, history from the museum into her play that is going to kind of cap off the, yeah, uh, right. the original the, piece. Yeah, just for inspiration for it all. Yeah. Yeah. Internationally known, uh, award-winning uh, playwright who's written plays for the Olympics, for the Kennedy Center. Uh, she's just one of the uh, individuals who has a story that she is going to share Kurt, thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thanks for coming thank in, you. guys. Well, this uh, this has really been quite a day, guys. Yeah, it's I great to have, all over. have some substantiation to things that we passed off as nothing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it, it yeah. does kind of put a nice cap on the whole evening. I think we're going to have to dig into some of the uh, the footage. And which, by the way, if you could watch our entire, uh, what is it now, 11-hour experience here at the museum. Yeah, absolutely, in two parts. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, go part one, and we're in part two now. Yeah, the morning show is part two. The dark hours are part, what was that noise, are part one. Uh, and the number could, of times you've dropped your yeah, phone, by the way. Four times now? I would say the first hour is just worth watching. Just uh, it, It's just... It, it's got to be. I'm going to go back and watch it because it's got to yeah, be ridiculous. Absolutely, it's going to be phenomenal. Anyway, Ghost Story Festival tonight, 7:30, uh, live from the Dodge County Historical Society. Ninja Thomas Craig, 
and uh, museum curator Kurt Sampson. Back to you, Rick. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, great stories coming out of there today. And that sounds like a really cool event, that uh, I, family-friendly event that everybody should be heading off to. Uh, by the way, a happy birthday to Jeannie Schmidt of Horicon today. That's from Kim. Happy birthday, Jeannie. Hope you have a great birthday. We wrap up with our Kicking It Classic. It was this day in 1995 that Brian Adams started a five-week run at number one on the U.S. Singles Chart with this Kicking It Classic. From the 95X Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dell Studios, this is the Kickin'